Welcome to Business Ninjas, brought to you by Write For Me, where you'll hear from business leaders who are out there growing their business and slaying it every day. Learn from the masters. Let's get started. So, Dale, thanks for setting some time aside. Uh, looking forward to learning more about your company. So maybe we could start out by just having you share the the name of the company, sort of the website and and where you're located. Yes. Hi, hi Jamie. And, and thanks for having me. Um, the name of the company, well, first of all, my name is Dale Smith, and I am the chief marketing officer for orchestral.ai. And the company URL is pretty much just as I've stated. It's O-R-C-H-E-O-R-C-H-E-S-T-R-A-L.ai, orchestral.ai. Company um, is really focused on if you can uh, um, imagine the impact that uh, Elon Musk and and Tesla had with the concept of autonomous automobiles. In many ways, what Orchestral uh, is setting out to do is to bring that kind of autonomy to the infrastructure, the IT infrastructure that some of your largest, some of the largest organizations, largest companies in the world depend upon to run their business. And the reason why that's required is over the years, there's been so much innovation, technological innovation in that infrastructure. So that today you've got uh, separate teams of of highly specialized, highly skilled people. Uh, across a dozen dis- different areas, from the storage infrastructure, networking, servers, security, cloud, and when you put that all together, it's uh, it's a tremendous amount of complexity that's really approaching the limits of human manageability. Yeah, this, this scaling that across the entire enterprise definitely has organizational challenges. Um, Absolutely. And, how did you come to this space? What what kind of uh, you know just a brief hop through, you know what what you've been focused on in your career and how you centered on this as the problem you wanted to attack? Um, okay, well, my entire I started my career um, as an electrical engineer, um, working on of all things uh, a spacecraft uh, satellite and s- spacecraft electronics programs, and. Uh, so I, I I started as an engineer uh, designing in electronic systems, um, but over the years um, I took an interest in wireless uh, technology, wireless data systems. Uh, that led me to work uh, for a few years for a division of Bell South, which at the time was deploying the first wireless data network in the U.S. Oh wow. For public, uh, for public services. And by public, we mean the only other alternative w- was a closed private network that IBM owned. So by public, I mean not you and me, but it could be used by companies. Gotcha. And uh, that led me to uh, a little company called Cisco Systems there in <laughs> San Jose, uh, where they were looking uh, for someone to kind of help them build out their uh, wireless uh product strategy with folks like Motorola. And uh, so I kind of um, focus on 
really product and value and really helping under, understand the connective tissue between the technology and the business impact. And uh, that's kind of been my focus ever since. For the last 10 years, I've really been working uh, to help uh, startups build out the digital infrastructure that enables them to really shape the customer experience all the way from the time that they're a prospect to the time that they're happy to promote the brand based on the experience that they have. And that's really my focus uh, uh, at Orchestral. But I, as one of the founders, I was I was I was bought in um, as one of the founders by the other two founders who have also had long careers in technology. Uh, Marshall Bartosik, who is our chief value officer, and Ravi Rao, who is both our CEO and our CTO, chief technical officer. Ravi's been involved in um, infrastructure. Uh, enterprise infrastructure, architecture, and technology for many years. And uh, Marshall Bartosik has also been on the top line side in the technology space, all of us each um, over 30 years each. Um, wow. And Marshall's also been at, at little companies like like Cisco, like myself, and <laughs> and, and uh, Robbie as well. Great. So that, that's what brought us together. Um, it was really Ravi and Marshall who, at the time, were working uh, for a company that had a pretty close relationship with um, both a technology and a company called Stackstorm. And Stackstorm okay. is an open source project uh, that really enables um, a very, very strong and broad automation capability within enterprise infrastructure. So when uh, when the company they were working for at the time, which was Extreme Networks, decided to open source that, that technology, they uh, decided that was the time because they had they had they were witness to the demand for this uh, for the capabilities of this tool while they were within Extreme. Uh, they decided that was the time to uh, to go and wrap a company around that technology and to, thanks to Ravi, add some artificial intelligence capabilities. And so when you put all that together, you, you have what we refer to as the Symphony platform, you know, a pathway toward autonomous infrastructure for the enterprise. Right. And that's how, that's kind of the story of how uh, Orchestral came about. And uh, it's been two years now, and um, we, we've, I think we've turned the corner. Uh, we, we have a product that is selling to some of the largest brands, the sort of companies that you would recognize. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we're, we're just, you know, we're gaining a lot of momentum, and it, it's, it's, a, it's an exciting time, I can tell you. Yeah, it must be. I mean, so what what's the progression been like? The the two year arc, of course, coincides with uh, you know COVID and massive changes to all sorts of ways that people work and think about structuring organizations. So I'm curious what that arc was like for for orchestral. Interestingly enough, it's actually been to our favor, and I'll give you a, a concrete example why. Um, you know, the, the problem that we solve is complexity. Mm-hmm. in the infrastructure 
that large organizations use to run their business. When uh, when COVID happened, it really um, it really changed the the business landscape in the sense that, of course, obviously there was a lot of remote working. Many companies uh, weren't ready for that. Uh, didn't even have security policies to accommodate that that new way of working. And the net net of it is uh, it kind of brought automation to the foreground, whereas it might have previously been, uh, you know, on the table of priorities. This brought it considerably up the list. So, for example, we we have a there's a very large uh, investment bank that we work with uh, in New York. When COVID happened, the traders were required to obviously work from home instead of coming into the office. Right. But the security infrastructure wasn't really set up for that. Even the policy around using VPNs uh, really wasn't set up for access to particularly secure and, and private information. So what the IT team had to do was to set up uh, some processes by which the traders would uh, request access to that information. But it wasn't long before uh, the IT team servicing those requests were were overwhelmed. Right. Yeah, of course. They, they, just, they just they couldn't keep up. And, you know, there was a direct business impact because in that business, you know, you, you have to move at, at this at the speed of light, the speed of trading. Right. And uh, if you if you miss a few milliseconds here or there, uh, that very easily uh, translates into hard dollar impact. So using using uh, our our platform, uh, they were able to automate that whole process, and and not only in terms of of providing uh, very you know millisecond microsecond access to information when required, but also dismantling those access. Uh, permissions when they are no longer needed so that mm. you don't have any kind of security vulnerability. So providing the access was 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 every bit as important as, you know, removing it in a in a structured and secure way. Wow. Yeah, that sounds like a high pressure. First, that's just one. Yeah, first vertical that's to go after, one. right? Yeah, holy cow. Absolutely. And which, um, I mean, given the scope of what you can address and the, the challenges that you know the various companies that have any kind of scale are going to have out there have you centered on a vertical or two that you um you know are are building a core expertise in or what what's the, your kind of go-to-market look like there and, yeah and there's really there's really two answers to that question um but the first answer is that the problem uh isn't that that we address isn't specific to any one vertical Mm-hmm. So right. we we have clients in the energy sector, uh, finance and banking, um, uh, healthcare, retail. However, what what you will observe is that companies that spend a significant amount of revenue on IT mm-hmm. are the ones most likely to satisfy two conditions: one, have the problem that we solve, and two. Um, be in a position to 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 invest in solving it, and so the verticals I just mentioned meet those two criteria: healthcare, finance and banking, and the energy sector, and even um, 
you know, business services, professional services, the, the large uh, consulting companies that work to provide IT solutions to, you know, the Fortune 500, Global 2000 type uh, companies. Right. Okay. Okay. And then how uh, are you differentiating yourselves from, from other players out there that are starting to dip their toes in these waters? What's the, the unique value that you're bringing to these organizations? Interest, yeah. Interestingly, um, orchestral doesn't really have a direct competitor in terms of our intent mm-hmm. and what we're actually doing in the marketplace. There are many, many, uh, and, and, and of course we hear this from our, uh, from our VCs that we approach, oh, there's, it's a crowded space. Well, there are many companies that are offering automation or orchestration uh, solutions, but a lot of those companies uh, are, are differentiated from orchestral in the following way. Either they're offering us a solution that is specific to a particular domain, and by domain, I mean servers or networks okay. or cloud right mm-hmm. or they're they are offering a vendor specific solution so their automation uh or cisco is a perfect example their automation does great with cisco equipment it's fantastic however most of our target customers the fortune 500 global 2000 Within that infrastructure, it's it's very much multi-vendor. So nice. yeah, there's there's definitely some Cisco in there, but there's probably some Arista and uh, a whole bunch more. So we are multi-vendor, or rather vendor agnostic, yep. and we are cross-domain. It doesn't matter what the domain is. Um, our platform is capable of not only automating within that domain, but orchestrating across multiple domains to uh, deliver a defined workflow. So simple example, if a company wants to onboard a new employee, there are multiple domains involved in that. There are access policies and there are security systems that that person has to be entered into. There are particular applications that they'll need to access for you know, for whatever job that they're doing. And so there are multiple systems that need to be accessed and configured just to bring that new employee on board. And with Orchestral, with our with our Symphony platform, it makes not only automating within a single domain uh, simple, but also orchestrating across that domain. So that's that cross-domain vendor agnostic uh, attributes do differentiate us significantly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, having a type of artificial intelligence which provides high prediction uh, accuracy um, and high explainability is also a critical point of differentiation because, in fact, we bring together multiple uh, AI technologies to deliver what's called trustability or trustworthiness. Mm-hmm. In other words, uh, other solutions, alternative solutions out there, the AI may give you a recommendation, but you don't really have any way of knowing if you should trust that recommendation. You have no, it's, it's like a black box. Right. Some data comes right. in and a recommendation comes out. 
right? Do you really want to, you know, have a, a resume generating event by trusting that recommendation? Right. You know? <laughs> right. So, so we differentiate in the sense that uh, our intent is to make autonomous infrastructure a reality by bringing together so a fairly unique combination of technologies to not only automate, orchestrate, but also autonomate. And that's a difficult word, but just extrapolate, orchestrate, from automate to orchestrate to yep. automate. Okay. So the intent makes us very, uh, very unique and is the basis, uh, one of the third pillars for why I say we have no real direct competition because mm -hmm. others are still, uh, they're still along the path of leveraging um, a particular core technology to achieve trustability. And uh, it's, it's, not, uh, it's not possible to do it with a single technology like machine learning. Right. So, and then given, you know, the various verticals that you've talked about and the various parts of an, a large organization that could have the need uh, for what you provide, is there a, a natural starting point for you? Is there like an ideal customer profile? Um, you know, maybe it's um, a company that's at a certain organizational stage or there's like a, a division of the company where it's, it's a natural place for you to start these discussions. Kind of what's... What's that look like in terms of who you're reaching out to and, and kind of what they're trying to solve? Yeah, the, the, the yes, uh, yes, most certainly. It's it's the infrastructure or op or infrastructure and operations teams. Okay. Within you know large uh, companies, companies you know that have typically in excess of between five to 10,000 10, to more employees. Right. Those are the ones that typically have the kind of infrastructure problems that we address. So that, that they may have multiple data centers, uh, you know, thousands of servers uh, all over the place. And it, they're really struggling with uh, trying to keep it all together. Something breaks. And, you know, it, it starts a firestorm of, of, you know, what's the source of the problem? What do we do about it? What, what, what teams and experts do we need to get together to figure out what's going on? So, so it's definitely the, the infrastructure and operations teams. And what typically uh, might get it started is that, you know, you've heard this concept of, or this terminology around, around digital transformation. Yep. So there's a, there's a whole hierarchy of of personas uh, that would be involved in in helping an organization uh, realize their digital aspirations, from the CIO, uh, who who ultimately uh, has responsibility for for bringing to fruition uh, their digital aspirations. All the way down to those those levels between the CIO and an individual DevOps engineer. So anywhere in in that spectrum of personas, mm -hmm. uh, a project could get started. Um, but usually the company realizes that they have to make some serious investments in automation Be because you know throwing people uh, at these problems. Uh, is 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 not a winning solution, especially given 
uh, that there are constraints on the supply side as, right. as far as taking that approach. It, that just doesn't scale. Yeah. So they realize they're going to have to 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 do some serious amount of automation. They may have formed a center of excellence, bringing together membership from various departments to to brainstorm and have a coordinated, you know, corporate approach to their automation problem uh, or their their infrastructure complexity problem, I should say. And uh, they may have identified uh, some very specific use cases. So they may be around security. That's that's very often a, a starting point. And by that, I mean security orchestration. So that, uh, so that uh, for example, when a, an individual en engineer makes some changes, let's say they make changes that affect security policies in some way, but uh, perhaps didn't enter those changes into some other uh, system of record, like a configuration management database. And uh, as a result of that, you have what's referred to as configuration drift. So the reality of how the infrastructure is configured differs from the systems of record. And that can represent some very serious security vulnerabilities if not handled correctly. You would use a platform uh, like ours to ensure that that doesn't happen because all of those changes then become automated and the checks and, uh, and cross checks to ensure that all the systems that need to be updated all of that happens automatically. And you'd, you'd be surprised in how many of these very large companies, all of this is still done manually. Wow. It's a tremendous oh, amount of human, human effort. Yes, it, it is very painful. It's even more painful when when it uh, you know when it when it breaks <laughs> or, or or when there is an attack and uh, it, right. it's discovered that uh, it was it was due to you know, some sort of human error. Uh, in some very convoluted processes, that was the culprit. Yeah, and I would imagine too that um, you know a lot of the industries that you work with are are you know regulated by various government entities. So when it comes time for audit trails and compliance checks and all of that, I'm sure there's a lot of that organizational drift you're talking about from a a manual process that you you know your approach is going to solve all of that, which is yeah, a huge absolutely. Relief. Absolutely, certainly within the regulated industries, but even even these, you know, more or less unregulated industries, do have internal uh, audit and compliance policies that that they abide by. Just you know, just because that's that's you know that's that's the best practice. That that's right. how they stay out of lawsuits and brand <laughs> damage and all that sort of thing. Yeah, right. And then what uh, it would. I would guess that a lot of companies don't even know that what you're bringing to market is available, um, especially if they're, you know, still stuck with manual processes that they've probably had for five, 10 or 15 years or something like that. So how are you kind of getting the word out to, to let prospective partners know about what you have available and, and start to educate them on a better way to kind of manage their businesses? Um, we participate in uh, communities uh, like the Open Network Users Group, ONUG. We, um, the Stackstorm community um, has a website and a community. Uh, and quite often we find that um, companies that become our customers have gone to the Stackstorm because out of their own research before they 
even talk to orchestral or anyone from orchestral. They've discovered uh, this open source Blackstorm project and they look at it and they say, wow, this, this comes pretty close to satisfying our requirements, but it's open source. Is there, uh, is there an enterprise version? And the answer is yes. The, the orchestral composer, uh, which is really phase one of our symphony platform, it's generally available at shipping. Our composer uh, product is the enterprise version of Stackstorm. So they contact us. So that's, that's one way that mm -hmm. uh, customers become aware of what we do. Um, and the other is, is really just uh, our, our own outreach and, uh, and participating in communities and, and simply, you know, one customer, one conversation at a time, uh, helping, you know, as a startup, we, we don't get, we haven't quite made it to Forbes magazine or Wall right. Street Journal, but if any of them, you know, want to have a conversation with me, uh, you make sure they get my number. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and where, where can people find you on uh, the social media channels that you're supporting? What, what are you active in there? Primarily uh, LinkedIn at the okay. moment. Um, in due, in due course, you will see quite a bit more content uh, on YouTube where we will do some very short videos um, and tutorials um, really focused on particular use cases with the platform and, and how to do certain things. It'll be okay. an extension of our, of our support infrastructure. And, um, and ultimately, uh, probably on Twitter as well. But for now, it's, it's, it's primarily LinkedIn. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, thanks. Thanks for your time, Dale. I've learned a ton and I, I hope uh, others will as well and really appreciate your insights on how people can transform their businesses using your solutions. Thank you, Jamie. Appreciated the, appreciated the conversation. You bet. Anytime. Hey, are you a business ninja? Want to be interviewed like this? Give us a shout. Go to www.writeforme.io, W-R-I-T-E-F-O-R-M-E.io, and schedule a time to meet with us, and we'll make it happen. Keep slaying it, y'all.